Hi, I'm John Marr, and I'm here today with Nancy Sapperstone, Senior HR Business Partner at Insight Performance, a human resources and employee benefits consulting firm based in Massachusetts with offices in Dedham and Beverly. Today, our topic is harassment. I've got a harassment complaint. Now what? Welcome, Nancy. Thank you for having me. Sure. So, Nancy, before we talk about what to do, let's first understand a little bit more about what harassment in the workplace is. Yeah, so it's interesting. A lot of times we get you know conversations or questions from people saying, "I've got this manager that yells at me all the time. You know, they are harassing me. Isn't that illegal?" And really, that's typically not illegal. What makes harassment in the workplace illegal is when it's really directed at someone who is a member of a protected class or it creates either a hostile work environment where that employee can't do their job under the circumstances or if it's made a condition of employment or a submission to that conduct is used in making an employment decision such as a promotion or a work assignment or a salary increase. Okay, so just being a mean boss, that's not enough. No, that would not be considered a legal harassment. You may need to look into it, and it's certainly a violation probably of your company policy, but not mm-hmm. necessarily a legal harassment. Okay, so an employee comes to you and, and tells you that they've been harassed, what do you tell them? So it's interesting, a lot of times the first thing somebody says, I don't want you to do anything about this. Um, and so it's really important, you know, especially if the employee says that to you, to let them know that you, know, you do have a legal duty to investigate the complaint, even if they tell you they don't want it investigated, and that you're gonna conduct a good, prompt, uh, neutral investigation of all the allegations. The company has a policy that you can't retaliate against somebody for raising a complaint. It's also important to let the employee know that as much as you can keep the matter confidential, you will, but that it's not possible to keep it 100% confidential. But you should encourage them not to talk with their coworkers about it. Okay. And is there anything that you shouldn't tell them? To do, yeah. So it's interesting. You don't want to encourage them. You don't want to tell them, don't go to the EEOC, which is the federal agency that investigates, or tell them that they can't go to the, you know, the state local or local agency that investigates, you know, harassment complaints. You want to kind of stay out of that um, realm of it. Um, you also don't want to insist that they talk and confront the harasser. You know, when we train on sexual harassment. We really do encourage people to talk to their alleged harasser. Mm-hmm. But if they're not comfortable with that, you can't really and don't want to really push them or force them to do so. Um, and again, you want to make sure that you, you know, don't promise them that you're going to be able to keep it 100% confidential. Okay. So you as a, as a manager or a business owner, you're trying to run a business, but now you have these two employees that are at odds with each other. What should you do as you set out to do this investigation into the issue? Yeah, you want to make sure you try and diffuse the situation as much as you can and that you set up a situation where if it is happening, it can't continue to happen. So that may mean separating, you know, the alleged harasser and the the person who's complaining about it, whether it's, you know, putting them on different shifts or putting them in different locations or different areas of the office. You want to make sure that you are able to really diffuse that situation. You may want to even talk to the victim and ask them kind of what would make them comfortable as you go through the investigation. Again, a lot of, you know, around harassment deals with kind of this reasonable person standard, which is how the law outlines it. So if the victim gives you something totally outrageous, you know, you know, you may not be able to do that, but mm-hmm. within reason, um, ask them and see, you know, what's going to make them comfortable as you do your investigation. Okay. All right. So now you're ready to do the investigation. Who should do that? Who should go about doing the investigation? 
So the person who's doing the investigation should always be somebody who's kind of impartial to the situation. They're unbiased. You want them to be, you know, well-respected by both parties. Um, And typically somebody who's high-ranking, if it is somebody within the organization, a lot of times people do bring an outside investigator into the process. So that way you can make sure that it is impartial and unbiased. It also should be somebody who's been trained in doing an investigation and is knowledgeable about the law and sensitive to the issues. Okay. And when should you do it? Is it something that you should jump on right away as soon as you get a complaint or something that you should like let it sit for a couple of weeks and see what what happens? Yeah, you really do want to move quickly when it comes to harassment complaints because um, you have an obligation under the law to do an investigation. So you know, especially with physical violence, you know, I would move immediately. If it's not physical violence, you know, as soon as practicable, you know, it may not be exactly that day or the next day, but I would say within two business days. Okay. And who should you interview in the process of the investigation? You're going to want to interview everybody who's involved to an extent. Um, So that would be the person who made the complaint, the alleged harasser, anybody who witnessed the complaint or may have witnessed the complaint. So co-workers maybe that work in the same area as that person. And you can ask the person who's raised the complaint, you know, if anybody else saw that and, you know, who who they are. And you can talk to those people. Same thing on the alleged harasser. I would ask them if anybody saw, you know, if they're denying any behavior, ask if anybody else saw you know, something that didn't happen. Um, You know, so anybody who's going to kind of help corroborate the stories on both sides. And what should you say to the people that you're talking to in the interviews? You know, the first thing you want to make sure you let them know is that you want to protect the privacy as much as possible and that, you know, your conversation with them is confidential as much as you can. Um, And you really want to kind of go through a factual account of what happened and get there point-by-point description of an incident. And in terms of the privacy, like you, you, you want to make sure that you're getting down to the, the, to the truth and not just that, that somebody's not going to tell you about what they witnessed because of maybe fear or retaliation from the person who's being accused or something. Right, right. And, you know, the law definitely has a protection under retaliation, and you can let the people that you're interviewing know that by participating in this discussion and in this investigation, they are also protected from retaliation. So we really want to encourage employees to talk factually about what they saw or heard or know. Okay. And then what do you do when you're all done with the investigation? So when you're all done, you should put together a written report that kind of details the facts of the situation um, and also explains any conclusions that you have. Um, You're going to also then want to follow up with both the person who raised the complaint um, and the alleged harasser to make sure you kind of go over the results that you have with them. And then you may, if it was found that there was some kind of harassment, you are going to implement some remedial actions. Um, You know, and the question always is, what is a remedial action? What do I do? Um, A lot of that's going to really depend on how severe the harassment is. So if it was something that's, you know, less severe, it might be a a written warning or, you know, a, a suspension for a day or two. Um, or sending them to training. If it's more severe where you have, you know, either physical violence or real, you know, quid pro quo harassment, you know, it may be up to termination. Okay. And then you mentioned a report, you know, when you're done, how do you document the investigation and what should the investigation file have in it? Yeah, so you should definitely make sure you have that report, make sure you have all the confidential information. It doesn't necessarily go in their personnel records. I would keep that file separate, you know, and make sure that you have a summary of everything 
that you found and what you discussed with the different interviewers uh, there in that file, in, the, in a harassment you know, investigation file. All right, that's great information. Thanks again for speaking with me today, Nancy. Thank you for having me. And for more information, visit insightperformance.com or call 781-326-8201. 